Hello and welcome. My name is Assad. My name is Jamie. We're two surgical trainees in the north of England, and this is the podcast that aims to dissect, to probe, to anatomize, and analyze what it is to be a surgical trainee. Welcome to It's Always Sunny in Surgery. We're doing this podcast. We've come up with a name of it. Um, and, you know, we're here to just talk about why, why we're doing the podcast, how it started, um, and where we want it to go. So I think that's always a, a good, a good place to start any, any adventure. Exactly. Yeah. So as I said, you, you were the one who originally started, you know, the idea with the Mac committee. Um, why is it that you wanted to get involved in this project? Uh, I'll be honest with you, mate. Um, I actually, I actually sort of didn't. Um, <laughs> so I joined part. I joined Mac because I have been through adversity and I've had difficulty in surgical placements and I've been mentored through it. And then I've done postgrad medical education and I've learned about mentoring and it's a really, really good service. And if it's done right, it's fantastic. It can be delivered so well and it, it it completely turned people around. So I went from the point of basically being remediated, underperforming, all the rest of it, to being a good place in training. And it's all because I had a really supportive mentor. So I thought there's a good place to pay it back. I've had a pretty productive, fruitful mentoring contract, mentoring relationship uh, where I was the mentor and I was mentoring someone towards higher surgical training. And it was great, actually. It was really fulfilling. Then when that took its natural course and, and my mentee didn't need me anymore, which is you know obviously what you want to see, you want to see fledglings leaving the nest, a position came up in the MAC committee, so I applied for that. And at the minute, in my current guise, I'm, I'm out of programme doing research and I'm doing research in deanery. So I sort of said to the committee, I can't really be that active. Um, and they said, well, we have this other thing. We want to do a surgery podcast. Since you're uh, currently unavailable for everything else, how about do you, do you do this podcast? Okay, great, thanks. And it was kind of just dumped to my lap. And initially I was I just sort of thinking, I don't know, I know now about podcasts. I have listened to like one episode of one in my life. Where do we even start? And so that was essentially just, I was, you know, kind of reluctant to really get involved. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I kind of, when I was approached by you with, with the idea of this podcast, I kind of felt the same way, more so in that I thought at the time from what it was being uh, talked about was it was just going to be a, a way of, you know, distributing essential information to core surgical trainees uh, or, or uh, you know all trainees really um and uh i felt like a lot of the information you know could have just been written in an email and we were basically just reading out or getting someone to read out 
uh, pretty dry material. But then when you started to suggest ideas that maybe we were going to take this sort of uh, turn to towards uh, talking about uh, things that affect trainees, um, experience of surgical training, uh, challenges of surgical training, and talk about it in a very frank way, I started to become more interested. Um, and I think, you know, this podcast, we, I'm hoping, and I think we have sort of done that this so far with the episodes that we've recorded, uh, we're, we're talking about things that are in a lot of trainees' minds. Um, and when, certainly when I was starting out with my core surgical training, I was in a district general hospital. Oh, uh, there was only one other core trainee with me who had had a very different experience, came from a very different, different position than I did. And, um, you know, it, it was, it, it, I sort of had this imposter syndrome that I wasn't doing very well because I was finding certain things quite challenging. Um, and it's only sort of as time gone, has gone by that I've realized everyone struggles with these things. Everyone has, um, you know, certain issues. And I think it's not, it would be nice, you know, if a, a, a trainee were listening to the, our podcast and realizing that they're not alone in, in, in what, what they're going through. Um, and, you know, being able to get advice from consultants that we, we bring onto the podcast or other trainees, um, could be really useful to someone. So I, I, I you know, I'm very much looking forward to, to what we're going to do. And I'm hoping that it will have at least some, uh, positive effect uh, for some trainees. Well, I mean, I'll come on to that a little bit further because obviously that's kind of nuts and bolts of, I think, why, why we both want to do it. But so be honest here, Jamie, did, did you just sort of sign on to this for CV bashing purposes? Well, well, yeah, obviously. I think that's <laughs> why I sign on to anything. <laughs> but, but you know, that uh, it's the story of my life. You sign on because you think, oh, this will look good on my CV. And then you realise oh, I actually quite enjoy this. Yeah. And you do well in something. Do you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because that's quite good because most of the time you think, I remember in med school, someone says, this will look good on your CV and then you do it and then you're just filled with this regret of this is awful. Why did I agree to do this? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, you know, why would anyone get involved in something like research, for example, unless you had that incentive to perceive it? If you're going to sit there for hours on end doing in front of an Excel sheet, but then eventually, you know, when you get into it, and you start to succeed in it. That that's when it becomes enjoyable. But there's no way anyone would start out if there was there wasn't that initial incentive. That, oh yeah, it might look good on the TV. You might get publication out of it. Uh, I smell another episode in there, but I think we can. <laughs> what what did you originally? I mean, I know you sort of touched on it, but what did you hope? Sorry, not hope. What did you expect? the podcast series would be like what did you think would you know like short episodes nuggets of information we would just be like glorified news readers yeah that's what initially i thought it was going to be i didn't i didn't think that we would go with this idea uh mainly because it was it was part of this um committee mac which is a formal committee it's you know it's got it's affiliated with the royal college and everything i thought you know we're going to have to have our sort of professional faces on and just you know uh tell you know speak speak uh uh uh, be a sort of voice box for for the deanery and um uh and the royal college and and sort of uh seniors in the the training world um but actually i think this is much more useful and i don't think we're saying anything particularly controversial 
Mm. Um, and w- what we're talking about are recognised challenges of training, and um, they're they're not complaints about the training in general. They're just facts of life when it comes to surgical training. And um, sometimes these uh, these factors that affect training are complex, and you know you you, ha- you have to talk about them. Um, and I think it's really important that people just know that uh, you know. Uh, it's it's normal to ha- encounter some some challenges and and um, things like that with with the training. Um, certainly, that's what I found over the last year or so that I've been in core surgical training. You know, it's it's funny you mention that actually because Charlie Massey, the chief executive of the GMC, has just released a statement in the last couple of days talking about how there's a brain drain, lots of doctors are quitting. And he cited so many of these things like poor training, devaluing of the workforce. And, you know, initially I felt a little bit like, oh, we're touching on sensitive subjects. And if you're under the kind of radar of the deanery, they're going to go, oh, you can't really talk about this. But I feel like if the GMC chief exec has talked about it, put it in a letter, put it out there for everyone to see, then forgive the medical pun, but maybe we've got our finger on the pulse and it, you know, it's a safe space. If, you know, if the, if the GMC is openly acknowledging it, then I feel like we've got license to talk about it at length, you know, if we need to. No, I think absolutely. I mean, it, it's a well-recognized phenomenon that post COVID we have, we, especially in the NHS, we're approaching, you know, quite a, a slump in morale generally um, across all specialties. Um, and I think, you know, I hope we will all get out of it. Um, but I think the only way that we can do so is by recognizing that we're all a little bit fed up and tired. And, um, you know, it, it, there's issues in training, there's issues in the system, issues in the, in, in healthcare in general that we, we, we've just got to overcome and, and, and deal with. Um, and I think if we, if we don't be open about it and recognize it, then, we are all just gonna <laughs> we're all just all gonna give up and quit aren't we yeah so, so you know i think uh it's just a sort of reflection of what i think is happening in, in in the wider world of training trainees opening up about the challenges and supporting each other um that's kind of what this podcast is about i hope yeah. i mean I, I agree admittedly i was given a fairly limited brief like you just need to make this podcast and then i've kind of assumed creative control and so it's kind of become my own little passion project and you know i was struggling for a name i was struggling for a sort of direction in a vehicle and then i just sort of remembered that the only real podcast that i listen to is the it's always sunny in philadelphia podcast um mostly because i really like the show and it's very funny and the podcast is a nice sort of development vehicle where they, the, the the cast talk about lots of different things. And the more I started thinking about it, the more I thought that actually kind of fits the theme or the aesthetic that I'm going for with this because, you know, it's a comedy and it's supposed to be lighthearted, but it touches on some pretty dark subject matters. And we're talking about some difficult topics, hopefully in lighthearted fashion, Hopefully it'll be entertaining. And then all the other stuff. So um, I just thought I'm going to pinch what I can from there, including the name and the music has no copyright. So, you know, it just <laughs> lends itself. 
to all sorts of abuse. So I thought, you know, I, I'd like to think that the creators of the show, if they knew this was out there, I think they'd probably feel pretty good about it or they wouldn't particularly care because, I mean, they made this show, um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, on a budget of $80 and recorded the first episode on a on a handheld, you know, camera, you know, like a digital camera. Yeah, yeah. They made it with no money on a wing and a prayer. And essentially, I think that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, well, we're not, this is costing nothing. <laughs> yeah, we're using someone else's login and we're using <laughs> someone else's stuff and all the software we're using for free and yeah. ripping off someone else's music. So, yeah, it's, it's about as a sort of uh, gorilla or... Uh, economical as you can get. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when you suggested the name, it's always sunny. It kind of resonated with me because I, I remember sort of thinking back, believing when I was, especially a medical student, looking at surgical trainees, especially those in um, SD3 and above, that, you know, they were living the life. You know, they were getting to operate all the time and, they, you know, they lead ward rounds. They weren't doing these sort of, uh, you know, taking bloods and things like that. You know, it was, it was, it was all, um, high sailing for them. Um, but I've come to realize, you know, it's not always sunny in surgery. There are difficulties and, um, it only becomes really apparent when you're, when you're at that stage, I think. Um, so yeah, I think it was a very appropriate name and I think it, it reflects what we're talking about really. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, like, like you said before, um, that's it really. There's, there's this whole hidden world of what it's actually like to be a surgeon. And it's, I wouldn't say it's behind closed doors, but it's a lived experience. You, you've got to be in it to, to see it. And it's not always great. You know, there are plenty of things. There are, you know, even the, the Royal College, the GMC, they all acknowledge these things. Um, there's been difficulty for parents. There's been harassment, bullying, sexual harassment in the workplace. I'm not saying we're going to necessarily talk about those things unless the, the opportunity arises, but you, you can't sugarcoat it and pretend that these issues don't exist when the higher ups, the very governing bodies are saying, you know, we know what, we do have this open problem about it and we should really talk about it and address it. And, you know, for me, I, I'm i kind of at a point in my career where I don't really need m- much more many more things on my cv like yeah sure it's always beneficial but it is genuinely like a labor of love and i think my ultimate goal would be if there's if there's a trainee out there that's listening that's thinking of quitting and they listen to the stuff that we're talking and they think you know what actually i think i can make it through training and i can endure this and i'll get around this problem and they make it even if it's only one person that for me would be the best possible output. That's the the only goal. I mean, I'm not fussed about listeners. I'm not, I don't care if it gets zero likes or whatever. If it helps people that are in the same ship as us navigate across the sort of tempestuous waters of surgical training, then it's done its job. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think um, podcasts like this, you know, because we're trainees, there are things um, about surgical training, uh, especially because surgical training has changed quite a lot over recent years, you know, new curriculums and put in new requirements. There are certain things your consultants and your seniors can't teach you um, because they, they didn't necessarily go through it themselves um, or certain didn't go through it in the same way. So I think it, 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 it is nice sometimes to hear from trainees at the same level, um, whether that be core training or, or specialist training. Um, 
and you know the opportunity to sort of hear that you're that you know these problems don't just exist for you it's 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 a recognized issue yeah it can be it can be um lonely doing surgical training you do often feel like you're going out on a limb and even though I think a lot of time in surgery, we are truly standing on the shoulders of giants because I learned my operative skills from a textbook written by a bunch of people who learned their operative skills from a textbook who probably learned it from a few very experienced surgeons who learned it from very experienced surgeons and so on until the first person who ever did this. Um, It always feels like you're in uncharted waters because no one quite knows what you're meant to be doing no one quite knows what you're supposed to be and then this whole time um the the process that leads you where you need to be is happening but you're not really aware of what that is sometimes until you reach your destination and then you think "Oh, oh that that was it oh but i don't recall any of it and i think that that's probably the most unnerving feeling um i don't know have you ever seen the sopranos I haven't. No, I know about it. Okay. Um, there's a there's a a bit uh, in the last one of the last episodes of it where I won't say too much, but uh, it's a, a Native American phrase, and it says, and I quite like it. It's poignant, and I think it replace um, it relates to surgery quite a lot. And it says, sometimes I go by myself, full of pity, and all the while a great wind carries me across the sky, and I think that says quite a lot because you don't really know what's happening, but there are unconscious forces, things moving you where you need to be at exactly the right time when you're supposed to be there. But it still doesn't help. It still makes you feel unnerved. Yeah. I think sometimes you don't realise quite how much you've improved over the course of your training. You know, you feel like you're still behind. One trainee saw him at the course who's a senior orthopedic reg and he was saying you know throughout my training i've always felt like i've just had my head just above the water i'm always treading water and just gasping for breath and it just felt like that for the last seven years <laughs> um it, it I, I i kind of resonated with that because you do feel like that sometimes that you're just just managing to sort of get by um but actually that's that's the way it, the way it's always going to be isn't it you, you it's, it's very rare that I think people feel like they're well ahead and very comfortable with their training. I think that's not necessarily a good thing if you do feel like that because you should, you know, you should be uh, challenging yourself more. Than yeah, it could be Dunning-Kruger effect, that whole thing. Or is this the graph thing where you feel more confident, yeah. the, more, the less knowledge you have or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, someone was explaining this to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, you're right. And like anyone who says it's chilling, they're, they're lying. Like they're just sort of faking it till they make it. And I think that's what you do. It, it, it's ironic because you talk to consultants and when they're new consultants, they're like, yeah, you just kind of people assume you know all this stuff. And then you do know it, but you, you, there's a lot of on the job learning that you have to do. And it, it never really stops. It truly never stops. You just get more comfortable with discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, certainly like just. It's a sort of constant um, battle, isn't it? With with trying to. Someone explained to me once. It's like trying to. You know. You know those circus people that spin lots of plates on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you're, you're, you're balancing all those plates, trying to keep them all upright and stop them from dropping. Yeah. You know, whether it's your extracurricular stuff, your portfolio, your, your fear at the time, um, you know, your, all that stuff, just trying to... Life, Jamie, don't forget that, your life. Yeah, and your life, yeah. And that's usually the first one to drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when, when, once you realise that that is, that is the life that you've chosen, then, you know, you just get on with it. And so uh, it's, it's difficult, but um, it, I think it's mainly about staying positive and knowing that you're not the only one that, that's, that is balancing all these plates. It's not straightforward for anyone, I don't think. Yeah, no, that is true, actually. That is true. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've got a few ideas for future podcast episodes. We've got a few under our belt already that we've done. Um, but I think, yeah, we're, 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 we're sort of racking our brains trying to think of subjects. Um, and certainly, you know, trying to reach out to people to get to get their opinion. I'm sure there are some burning ideas that people have that we haven't thought of. And also, I think it's really important, like we're trying to talk about the issues that matter to surgical trainees. So if you have listened to this and you have a question that that you think we could try and answer maybe, then get in touch because it's really, it's we're trying to do it for the collective community benefit, not just for a couple of extra points on an application form even if that was maybe the, the primary intention. But, uh, you know, we're, we're here now, we're doing it. Um, you give us subject matters, we'll talk about it. So we'd love for you to reach out and you can get in touch via our email, which is surgicalcareersnw at gmail.com or on Twitter, which is at nw underscore surgical. Or on Reddit, which is user, so it's u forward slash surgical careers nw. 